That that picture on the cover of ESPN the magazine is pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Uh, ESPN the magazine has a piece with the headline "Oklahoma Softball: The Most Dominant Team in America." Um, I met I met Hallie Grossman whenever she was in town. I reached out to try to get her on the show, but the re- the reality is <laughs> the reality is. Uh, Rare to minimal do you actually get a response from ESPN. Maybe I should have lied. Hello, I am a very big deal. I would like for Hallie to come on my show. I've never seen PR people that have one job that always act like they're too busy for it. Uh, Let me give you a compare. Quick contrast before we get to the top five stories today. On Friday's show, coming up this Friday, we are going to have a, uh, a conversation with people with grassroots baseball. And they've been on with us before, and they're very, very passionate. I, and I repeat, have never, and I mean ever, had more emails or phone calls related to what is probably going to be a 10-minute interview, tops, than I have with this. Matt Lund is incredible. He called up here when he couldn't get a hold of me and talked to Casey. Meanwhile, I was like, bro, I don't really know how much more you need from me on a 10-minute interview. Thorough. Thorough. ESPN is like, you want to do what? You want to interview our people? Hold on. Let me. If you would just, I say this with peace and love. PR people are kind of pointless when it comes to getting people on. You can give me their, their phone number or their email. It's kind of easier that way. Having to go through a PR person usually muddies the waters. And I get it. I know why you do it. And if you're a PR person out there, I love you. I appreciate you. But usually you make things much more miserable when it comes to trying to get someone on. Now, putting on an event, promoting event, bravo. You're great. When it comes to trying to get a guest on, oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. What station will this be on? How long are you going to talk to her? What are you going to talk about? What are you going to get into? I, I'm a sports show, homie. Just get the name and email. Jeez, it's not that hard. Now, PR people, I do not put in the same category as media relations people. That's a different world. They make it very easy. It's very yes or no. All right, so let's get after. So on Friday's show, uh, Gene and Jeff are going to join us to talk about grassroots baseball and the fact that Johnny Bench is coming to Oklahoma City this weekend. The pride of Binger. How cool is that? That's awesome to come yes. back to Oklahoma. ESPN puts a cover story on that's incredibly well-written and emotional on OU softball, and not a single one of their lackeys have taken the time to get back to me. Boo. All right. Be better. Be better. Be better. Big story. Oh, by the way, Hour 3 of the Plank Show is brought to you by Roof Tech of Oklahoma. Locally owned and operated for 30 years, call Josh Tucker at Roof Tech for all of your roofing needs, 405-703-4245. That's 405-703-4245. Roof Tech of Oklahoma. They guarantee the highest quality workmanship in the roofing industry. All right, let's go. Big story number five. So we have a new member of the Oklahoma Sooner basketball team. His name is Grant Scherfeld. And, I mean, you and I were talking about it earlier. Pretty impressive with what we've seen as far as the highlights are concerned and the overall numbers. He joins a group that includes George Washington transfer Joe Bamasil. 
and he's a Fort Worth native. So 8.1 points per game as a freshman, but that ballooned to 18.6 as a sophomore, followed it up with an even more impressive junior campaign, 19 points per game, six assists, four rebounds, has two years of eligibility remaining with the Sooners, and you start thinking about that backcourt with C.J. Nolan, who looks like he could go play free safety if he wanted to, and Bijan Cortez. And incoming freshman Milos Uzin and Otega Owe is how I believe you say it. Sheffield looks pretty solid. You watched some highlights last night. You were impressed, right? He looks good, yeah. A lot of yeah, talk, the tough shot ability. And, yeah, like I said earlier, 13 games of 20-plus points. You lose Gibson. Harkless, Goldwire, and Porter's hitting the portal. And he's getting some guys that can really score. It's impressive. It's good to see. All right, so Grant Sherfield gets another name. Now, tying up a couple of other quick loose ends, um, Daryl Simpson has transferred from the University of Oklahoma. Um, He is in the transfer portal with two years of eligibility left. Four-star recruit, part of the 2018 recruiting class. I don't know how many snaps he ever saw, if any. Um, Someone had said he was a grad transfer. Others have now questioned that on the super-secret Textoso line. Regardless, I would think that if he waited until after May 1 to transfer, then he is a grad transfer and would be able to play right away. I I guess that's how it works. Yeah, just after that deadline, I'm not sure what happens for guys who want to transfer. But – Again, like I usually say in most of this kind of stuff, from a recruiting perspective and an eligibility perspective, if they're on their way out, I couldn't care less, and you guys probably care a lot more than I do. Uh, I want them to do well. But when they're on their way in, I'm a little bit more engaged. Six seven, three ten, And I don't know. It's – it's interesting because I was reading on threes a little note about him. It's like, well, the new coaching staff obviously was a challenge for him. I'm like, well, the same guy that recruited him is still here. So. I mean, it's, a, it's a challenge for everybody, too. They're all adjusting to it. And it's a different kind of offense. Um, and what else am I missing out on the OU side of things? I think that was it. I think that was it. All right, big story number four. 119-109, the Dallas Mavericks won it last night. In fact, um, afterwards, most of the conversations centered around Steve Kerr's emotionally driven press conference prior to the game. Here's what uh, Kerr had to say post-game. Steve, how did you address the team on such an emotional night and get them ready before the game? Just talked basketball. It was sort of an unspoken awareness of what happened today, there was uh, it was a very quiet locker room beforehand. As a coach, you, my job is get the team ready to play. Difficult to sort of keep perspective on a day like today, but that's you know that's the shock and the and the grief, the anger. It's there from all of our guys and um, from I'm sure everybody in the building. So you just you have to accept that and and go out and play, and that's what we try to do. Um, meanwhile. Uh... If we weren't talking about the horrific tragedy yesterday, there was that lighthearted moment where it went to the roof and the leak that delayed the start of the second half. Luca, you've done a lot for this franchise. Is there anything you can do to help fix the roof? <laughs> I wish, sir. And uh, I'll ask Dirk, Dirk. 
They're gonna. <laughs> they got more memories in this building. Well, so he, he'll, he say, he, he'll say he built it. So maybe he is to blame. Yeah. <laughs> he said that's all Dirk. It's all Dirk. Um. Yeah. The the reporting of the roof leak was kind of like it's leaking. Back to you guys. Did you hear it? Yeah, I did. It, was, it wasn't much. They were just stating the yeah. obvious what was going here, on. Here was the announcement of the roof leak. You guys sacrificed me to the roof, but I didn't make it up there on time. I'm still on the court. Extended halftime here in Dallas. Unfortunately, there was some liquid coming from the roof. They sent somebody up. They had a gentleman up there within four or five minutes to start making the leak happen. This is actually the second time it's happened here this season. When they were playing the Minnesota Timberwolves, it happened as well. That was in March. But as you can see behind me, they have about 15 towels on the floor. The water did start making its way onto the corner of the court, so it was not safe to start play here. I know the protocol is to eventually, once the leak is completely fixed, to put some time on the clock and allow the players to warm up again. But the amount of time they'll put... Yeah, see, tell me, what's, what's going on? Like, why does this happen? Give me, a, like, a quick answer. Talk to a facilities guy or something. You, you want to know when you see a lot of facilities people? When something breaks. Ask, ask anyone. Suddenly, they, they kept showing. They kept yeah. showing Mark Cuban. Poor Mark Cuban gets during shown. like on the sidelines. Oh, that was funny. Billion dollar investment. There's a leak in the roof. All right, so the Mavs went at one nineteen, one oh nine, which means we now wait to see what could be the end of this series tomorrow night. But I would like to see, and not just for the sake of me wanting a competitive tournament. In the finals, because the the Celtics and the Heat play tonight, they're not at it too, and they really haven't had a good game. I mean, it's like you've had four games, and all of them have kind of been meh. And I hate to turn Arnie Spanier on you, but there hasn't really been too much here. It's been a blowout for one team, and the next night it's blowout the other way. So tomorrow night will be game five in this series as the scene shifts back to Golden State. Meanwhile, tonight someone tries to take an edge in that Heat Celtics series seven thirty. With a tip. All right, big story number three. We are following Big 12 baseball as we speak. Texas leads Oklahoma State now three zip. They're in the bottom of the seventh inning. Oklahoma State has been unable to get anything going offensively in this game. So we'll see if maybe, just maybe, they can turn things around. Oh, there's a pretty deep shot to left center field, but nope. Easy play. Three up, three down. They'll go to the eighth with Texas leading it 3-0. So here's what the bracket looks like for the rest of the day. After this game, you have a – and this game seems to be cooking pretty good. You have a slated 12-30 first pitch for Baylor and TCU, and then Kansas State-Texas Tech, followed by West Virginia and Oklahoma. And earlier today on The Ref, Skip Johnson was a guest of Toby Rowland and talked about the decision to go with Carson Atwood – Tonight, instead of Jake Bennett. Well, here's the first name I pulled out of that cowboy hat. <laughs> no, I mean I, we've thrown him on 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 uh, on short rest a couple times. And I wanted him to get full rest. He's healthy. I just wanted to make sure that he got full rest. I mean, that's the biggest thing going into the next week. I I think that we we should be able to get in. You never know. I guess you'd say, but it doesn't matter to me. It what matters to me is if. If he gets full rest, that gives us the best opportunity. He's a really routine-oriented guy. Uh, Every seventh day, we've been throwing that guy all year long, and every time we've thrown him on five or six days, he he hadn't been as good. 
So we got to continue to uh, uh, do what we do. And uh, I think Atwood's going to go out and throw strikes um, and uh, just going to match it up from that point on. By the way, the game tonight is on ESPN+. And you will hear it on our flagship right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network, Sports Talk 1400. Uh, good follow-up question, by the way, to that. Toby asked Skip Johnson, was the win over Tech, did it give you the opportunity to maybe do something and, and start out with like this? Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. I mean, I, I'd rather go into a place where you're throwing a guy on short rest knowing that you're you're already in probably, and uh, uh, you don't have to force those kids to do something. I mean, this guy's got the draft coming up in a month, and uh, and he gets, he gets evaluated every time he gets out there. I mean, there's 30, 40 scouts at every one of those game cross-checkers, assistant general managers, just a little bit about everybody. And uh, uh, I want him to just go out there and just make pitches. It could be a good pitch maker. There you go. So, again, first pitch tonight is set for 7.30, but as we have learned, things can get a little bit wonky time-wise. Oklahoma wrapped up the regular season by winning five straight Big 12 conference series um, and and six straight weekends overall, including road series over TCU and Texas Tech. OU's 15 conference wins, the most since 2010, and the Sooners are playing their 10th game at Globe Life Field this season. They're five and four in the previous nine, which included the State Farm College Baseball Showdown, a series against Northwestern State, and Texas at the Rangers home ball park. All right, um, big story number two. Is that number where we two? Are? All right, number two. Get when I get I told you guys I had a big top five stories of the day for you. Earlier today we had JT Gasso on and Patty Gasso will meet with the media later today, 5.30 first pitch. But it's a really cool day because ESPN, the magazine, is debuting a cover story feature on Oklahoma softball. And it's pretty specific to Jocelyn, at least in the video that I watched. But it's really well done. And... I'm a big fan of why I now if you were there you probably don't know it but you know Hallie Grossman was basically in Norman for like 3 days for that series and followed him quite a bit so it was really cool to see her getting ready for the the I think it was it wasn't the Bedlam series was it the Bedlam no it was the week before the week before yeah it was the Is week that what before. it was okay but I I'm excited to read this it's fun it's fun to see this team get the coverage it deserves. Now, there's a party that's like, could we have waited until after the Super Regional for something like this, right? But you love the pub, right? Because you know this is going to be hanging on every single locker at UCF, and they're going to be a little extra motivated. But this is this is what you want. You know, this team early in the season was pegged as a favorite, obviously, as the defending champs. And Patty Gasso said early in the season they want to be. They want to be viewed as a favorite. They want to show that, you know, they're ready for the crown. And at times this year, I think they've kind of struggled with that. But no excuses now. <laughs> you got them on the, yeah, the main page of number the one FBN front, front cover. page, which gets us to big story number one. I, because I don't want to get too far behind, Toby talked to Brent Venables this morning. 
And as we get set for tomorrow night's Oklahoma City caravan stop, the final stop on the caravan, which, by the way, we're going to be all over apparently. I saw TJ is going to be out there. Um, I'm hoping to get out there. There's also a women's gymnastics celebration I'm going to try to go to tomorrow night. And in all that, I'm also prepping for the Super Regional as well. But Brent Venables had some interesting stuff to say about the balance between putting a program together and then kind of seeing everything that's going on around you and then also understanding the importance of NIL. And we'll hear from BV when we come back. Also, I got tons of NFL stuff, man. I've got tons of NFL stuff because the Deshaun Watson saga took another turn last night whenever he uh, he had accusers that spoke to HBO's Real Sports. It's not good. So you can't help but wonder how will that affect what his suspension will look like. We'll get into it next. It's a busy, busy final 30 minutes. A little Brent Venables, though, first right here on the Home Sooner Fans. So I have one one quick uh, gripe with this cover story on ESPN. One quick gripe, and then I'll let it go because it's awesome. It's really well done. Um, it's very long, very long, lots of words, very wordy. And as someone who writes a 2,000-word article every single month, this is long. But speaking of this, uh, next, well, I guess in a couple of days here, right? Today is the 25th. Oh, today's the 25th. Happy anniversary to my wife. Hey, no better way to tell her over the radio. She ain't listening. Um, Let me read this quick little line. They do win, naturally. And the next day, too, for a clean sweep of Oklahoma State and an unblemished report or record at home for the season. The most kudos you can offer the Cowgirls in that three-day span is they weren't run ruled once the only big 12 team that faced the Sooners all year to pull off such a feat the way they do all this winning has surprise whipped up expectations in Norman for more winning Gasso Patty Gasso will tune in sometimes to the local radio show which is meant to be about Oklahoma sports in general but winds up hyper focused on softball Quote, they're talking about OU football and OU softball in the same voice, she says. They'll take a, they'll talk a lot about OU softball as the number one sport, and I'm like, oh, you stop that now. Now, I, I, have one, I have a complaint. I think we need to clarify this, Coach. You see, Gasso will tune in to her favorite statewide radio host and national host, Chris Plank. That's my only complaint. <laughs> now, that would have really put me over. Uh, seriously, though, no, no, I'm, I'm – Kidding, of course. This is awesome. And there is no way Coach Gasso listens to this show. No way. I, I am pretty sure that Poppy might, but as soon as she gets in the car, she's probably like, I hear enough of Plank. Turn it. Get it off here. Let me just listen to some music in the car. Can you put on some Elevation Worship? I do not need to hear any more of Plank. I get enough of him. Give it a read. Um, I'll send the tweet out a little bit later on if you haven't seen it. I don't even know where you can buy ESPN the magazine anymore. It used to be everywhere, then all of a sudden it disappeared. But go grab one off newsstands. Well, it used to be delivered to your house too. I mean, they don't even deliver don't, it anymore. They don't do it anymore. You can't have a subscription. You got to go buy it somewhere. Uh, three zip. Texas leads Oklahoma State. It's in the bottom of the eighth inning. Two outs. Uh, Texas about ready to head back into the dugout and advance in the winner's bracket. And as soon as I say that, OSU gets a two-out hit. So we'll keep tabs on that. Earlier today, let's pay off big story number one. 
Earlier today, Brent Venables was on with Toby Rowland, and this might be a little bit unfair because Toby's question is really good, and I just cued it up to what Brent had to say. But the challenges of for Coach Venables of, you know, you're sitting here putting together a program, but in the same vein, you're also, you know, what is what does NIL look like? What does this all look like? And the challenge of, of trying to balance it all. Big of a challenge has that been, and then I would imagine when you're watching these other big-time head coaches that are fighting it out tooth and nail, you're like, man, we're – we're all trying to figure out where the right place is to be on this thing. No doubt. I mean, I think some maybe what you see going on across the country, what probably is these players, they don't have to, uh, they don't have to report things to their compliance. So if it's the coaches are telling you what is reported to compliance in regards to NIL deals and things of that nature, there's, there's no laws that say they have to, and um, right or wrong. And so the reason I I say that now, you know, I, the 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 compliance piece is to protect the player from both eligibility issues potentially, and then tax tax wise, that way you have a, an easy vehicle to set you up to protect you uh, and help you keep track of, you know. Uh, you know the tax implications when you're you're making money. You got to pay taxes, or they'll throw you in jail. But when you're starting to deal with young people and maybe some being misguided, uh, you know they can get put in harm's way. So um, I think some of the the reporting from the coaches is because that they're just going by what has been reported to compliance. But uh, you know, as as you and I both know, that um, I'm I'm sure that's not foolproof. So. Um, you know, for, for us, we want to do it, uh, you know, the right way and uh, give our guys an opportunity to use their platform. It's, uh, to me, NIL is a, is, a, is a good thing. It's about time, an opportunity uh, for our players to take advantage of, um, again, their name, image, and likeness. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good space, but I think, you know, from a, a time management standpoint, and on um, a distraction standpoint, you want to make sure that um, uh, you um, provide them with some safeguards to help them focus on a very short window that they have in, in regards to development. And, you know, obviously educationally getting their degree and then development-wise be, becoming the best football player that they can be as, as, as well as growing from, again, from, again, 17, 18, 19-year-olds and you know, to growing from boyhood to manhood, there's a lot of uh, transformation that takes place when they go to college. So, you know, they don't have enough time in the day as it is. So, you know, trying to uh, give them all the tools that they need to be successful in that space but at the same time not getting overwhelmed or getting distracted and taking it off their, their main focus, and that's to, you know, holistically develop and, and maximize a very small window that they have going to college and having a great college experience. And so not trying to put too much on them, not try to burden them, but at the same time help them take advantage of that space. And for us, we're uh, hoping that things that align with our our values as a program and, and, you know, give them an opportunity for baseline, have a very equitable opportunity for everybody in the locker room. And then, again, the better you play, the harder you work, um, you know, the better uh, opportunities you have to make a little more money uh, so we have co-branded as a university, chosen to, to co-brand. And so uh, just the, the baseline of that looks like, 
be an opportunity for our guys to uh, have their jersey sold and make money with their name on it, and uh, both in the uh, through the university and then also in the secondary market, which is they can really capitalize in that space. So, again, it's a uh, it's a good thing, you know. Um, some some young people are showing up with with marketing agents, which again I think is a is a is can be a good thing, you know, to safeguard them as well as kind of take off that burden off their plate and hey this is any deals go through them and and uh but we've as a university have done a great job of uh, partnering with altius which is the industry leader um educationally um with the university and letting us know what some of the trends and things are are in the in uh, across college football and then some of the do's and the don'ts and things to look out for. So that's a, an educational piece in front of our in front of our teams, and I think that's a wonderful thing as well. And then um, uh, we we have a, an app uh, that you know you just put on your phone, and a lot of deals can be made that way, and able to go right to compliance and keep uh, track of everything, and and keep things again just in a really nice and tidy place um, to protect our players, particularly from taxes and things of that nature, help them uh, put that in a user-friendly space for them. I don't have time. So there you go. Um, That interview, the full interview, is available right now on the podcast page at sportstalk1400.com. But it's really good. It's really good. And I am a massive Massive fan of what Oklahoma is is trying to do with the co-branded merchandise. Jocelyn Allo was the first athlete, student athlete, to have co-branded gear. And I'll tell you what, I uh, I see those shirts everywhere. I really do. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it's a nice shirt. Yeah, you see a lot of fans going to games with the yeah the Allo jersey shirt. I was I was at one of the Oklahoma City malls yesterday. Is it terrible that I don't know which one I was at? I think it was at Penn Square Mall. And we were just walking out of the Lego store. And I saw a dude, young young man, wearing a 78 Allo shirt. And his mom had a Home Run Queen shirt on. I was like, oh, let's go. It's, it's little things, right? I mean. Yeah, it's awesome. But it's also something very cool that OU has done to try to enhance its NIL platform. Now. Would those what do those percentages look like? I don't know. I don't know. But I'll tell you what, it's it's quite funny to me to see how some people just expect you to give well, why don't you just give them five grand for a radio spot? Because we're not we're not dumb. You know, it's just this is a smart way to go about it. And we'll see how it works out. We'll see how but I I love it. I can listen to Brent Venables all day long. And you can too right now at sportstalk1400.com on our podcast page. Wow. It is already 1135. Where has this day gone? When we come back, we'll hit the best of the air comfort solutions and text line plus some of your tweets. Wait, what's your Twitter handle? Is it at Connor Pasby? Yep, at Connor Pasby. At Connor Pasby. I'm at Plank Show. Uh, we'll hit the best of the day next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Can I... Can I just make this point for the 8,000th time? I still can't believe we're still talking about this Tim Anderson thing on the debate shows. I, I So I yesterday when, when I got off the air, I started watching a lot of uh, – it was Max Crosby Day on the NFL Network. So I was watching the Al Davis documentary, 
And probably for the 86th time since the end of the season, I watched some portion of the Chargers-Raiders Week 18 game. I watched that a lot. But literally every every time I turned on, there's Doug Glanville talking about – I. Tim Anderson referred to himself as Jackie Robinson. Like wanting to do Jackie Robinson type things. It doesn't have to be an inside joke. You say, okay, Jackie, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I need a lot of training if I'm to understand how that crosses a line. Because if I sit here and said, dude, I am the next um, Mike Francesa. All right, Francesa. I mean, am I supposed to be outraged by that? Yeah, someone's going to call you that, but... I mean, is there some common sense somewhere in this? I think it's because people don't like Josh Donaldson at the core there's of it. Lot, there's a lot of players that don't like him. So, I mean, maybe that has to do something with it, but I really don't know. How this veered down the the road that it has is confusing as all get out to me. But here we are on, what is today, Wednesday? Day three. Or four. And by the way, I was wrong yesterday. You were right. Because that little dust-up between the Yankees and the White Sox did come from Donaldson and and Anderson kind of squaring off with each other. Well, because it was Josh Donaldson and the catcher for yeah. the White Sox. So, I don't know if that – yeah. I couldn't that really tell started if that's what, it. that's what started it. Um, anyway, just there's certain things in my mind where I'm like, we got so many things that we can talk about and get into in the sports world. Open your Open your mind and don't try to find – the most minimal things to be outraged about. Tim Anderson's a great baseball player. Josh Donaldson's fun to watch. Just um, don't keep stirring up the pot. That's what they're that's what they're doing in the morning show. This is this is one of those things that I just don't I will never understand. Uh Texas holding a four zip lead over Oklahoma State as we go to the bottom of the ninth inning. As oh my gosh. We're almost on time in the Big 12 tournament. I just jinxed it, didn't I? This game will end up lasting Now we're going to have forever. the longest ninth inning in the history of college baseball right here. Uh, let me see here. Um, I, I like people who are offering me up guests now for the amount of money. Here's a question from the 405. Are you guys talking about Big 12 Conference basketball games being played on Sundays? I know I've attended quite a few women's basketball games on Sunday afternoons. Perhaps they were non-conference games. No, no, this is men. Women's games have been played on Sundays forever. And, I mean, I don't mind that either. Sometimes it would be, what, like a Friday, Sunday for women's basketball. But in this instance, I feel like it would be it would be a TV deal is what it is. And the idea is that the idea is that you have an open window for ESPN. You have 14 teams now, and you're trying to figure out a round-robin schedule and do it where – you can maximize those TV windows. But I also, you know, you're talking about some of those games in like January and February being when ESPN is so all in on football that it's just, are you putting in them into a great abyss? Yeah, it's just hard to kind of squeeze in college basketball at that time when college football is still rolling on. Do people not listen to the show? Like, I wonder... I think they just hop on and then I wonder, send a text. Like, for instance, someone, someone tweeted out, BYU doesn't play on Sunday. Yeah, we, we, we said that like a thousand times on this show. I mean, you just catch a little bit and then you go with it. Yeah, and that's part of this. Yeah, they can talk about putting games on Sunday, but BYU won't be a part of it. That is why you would have, back in the day, some Thursday, Friday, Saturday regionals. 
in college softball. If BYU made the tournament, then softball and the NCAA was very understanding towards them not playing on Sunday. Now, BYU has had to. Um, BYU has had to play some games on Sunday because of the way tournaments played out, but I know the NCAA has always, and I mean always, gone out of their way to help them out. Dodger Blaine writes, I'll co-host for five hundy. Now listen, we're not karaoke around here. I mean, at least I don't think we are. You just don't get to pay to come up and start doing radio shows. Well, actually, you can. You can. I would have made that very clear. Probably for a couple hundred bucks, you could get me out of here and do this show. Um, From the 405. What's the oh Jeremy? What's the difference in the big red fiasco and paying five k for two minutes of time? Seems like there should be some table of market values for these types of things. Jeremy, the the interesting part of this is there is no difference. Only it was illegal then, and now it's not. There's the simple explanation. If the Red Bomar situation was taking place. In 2022, then there would not be a way for them to police or, I mean, you actually had to do the work back in the day. Now it's like, are they paying you? Clear through compliance? Yeah, you're good. I mean, that's pretty much how it is. There's no difference. And here's the other thing. I agree, Jeremy, I agree the a thousand, a bazillion percent, you and I are on the same page when you say there should be some table of market value. But as always, as always, your value, your worth, is essentially whatever anyone is willing to pay you. And that is, that's where this stands. Then are you, like for that 5K for two minutes as a, as a radio show, are you making money off of that besides just paying the, I mean you pay the 5K to the player, but are you really making money People off People in the collectives make money. Are you talking about the uh, the collective owners? Yeah, the collective yeah they make money. Okay, they absolutely do. It's like a seventy thirty split, maybe eighty twenty in some places. I don't know. I mean, when everyone's like, "Whoa, well, what are the percentages that the university's making off the co branding?" Blah blah blah. Yeah, well, the collectives make money off. I mean, these collectives aren't just doing this out of the goodness of their heart. I mean, they're making money. It's a money making endeavor. You don't think that these collectives get money for going out and securing these deals for these kids? They absolutely do. Even though it says it's for charity, it's not necessarily all just, here you go. There is a certain – you don't get in business to just give away stuff. That's just not how it works. Um. Mr. Good question for the 580. Isn't what you just mentioned about equitable compensation for radio hosts versus players on NIL is what teachers have been screaming for for years? And I'm not a teacher. That's right. You're right. It's what professors, and it's like, well, I do this and I do that. That's the same issue that I think you would deal with at those radio stations. I mean, you don't think that if I'll just, I mean, I'll use Connor as an example. If Danny Stutzman came in here and did two interviews during the week and got paid five grand a week for two minutes of airtime. You don't think that would cause some problems around the station? It absolutely would. But then that debate becomes, is he bringing more value to the station 
than what you're doing, and then that debate starts. It's just it's fascinating. Yeah, are are you getting more revenue and views if he's on there for that short amount of time? Uh, And then one more quick one. By the way, two outs in the ninth. Texas trying to close out Oklahoma State. Um, This is from the 806. I'm a person who has enjoyed softball for a while, but it was hard to follow. But this year has been so much easier and better. More coverage for one thing. I found your radio show and listen pretty much daily for Georgia. And I've listened to your radio broadcast for all OU games not on TV. So thank you for making it possible for me to feel more engaged with OU softball despite living so far away. I plan on attending the World Series with my sister, Boomer. Will you come find me and we'll celebrate your being able to follow softball a little bit closer. Uh, Here's the reality of it. I mean, I just, I don't know any other way to put it, but for me, it's what you guys demand. I'm just not talking softball because it's what I live. I mean, I had a three-hour show planned today with two softball guests and talking nothing but NIL and Lane Kiffin's situation. But it it was almost – I mean, we still haven't got to the Alabama stuff that people were tweeting at us as to why they think there's issues going on with Alabama and the six players that have transferred since the season wrapped up. Um, And then one more. Only football in January and February is NFL. Lots of open slots for college basketball and ESPN. I don't disagree, but no, no, no. The question is Sundays. Sundays. And, I mean, yeah, I get it. You have a ESPN kind of stop since NFL coverage at noon, but it is NFL from, you know, sun up till kickoff, and then they have on ESPN2 an NFL show. I just – I think you get lost in the mix is my point if you're playing Sunday games during the NFL season. And, listen, college football – or college basketball gets lost in the mix of when it starts anyway. You've got to be a true hoop head that follows from day one. I mean, you really do. Because it starts in, what, October, and then by the time in late October into November, then by the time you get to January, it's – all right, now I'm ready to, to start paying attention. Well, and then those football games are on, obviously, Fox Sports and then NBC right. for Sunday night. But, yeah, you have so many, like, just football shows. Highlight shows. ESPN. And recap ESPN shows. Too. Yeah, that's just and, – and it's – yeah, People are just bought into football still during that oh time. God. We got a break. Good stuff on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I didn't get too triggered today. That's a good day. Um, there is only one out now in the bottom of the ninth. They reviewed the play at first base, so Oklahoma State's still alive, but they trail at four zip against Texas in game one of the Big 12 tournament. We'll see if it's final when we come back right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Jesse continues to be one of my favorite tweet uh, texters to the show. Jesse G writes, in case you didn't know, BYU doesn't play on Sundays. Also, do you know if Grace Lines will be na- uh, back next year? If you add a what's wrong with McKenzie Donahue, you've hit the at least duo, or and, and add me a little Jordy Ball update, then you've hit the trio of softball questions that I get all the time. I don't think we know yet. I think we need another text just to see. <laughs> Thanks, Jesse. And honestly, I mean, listen, I, I'll get mad and spit and yell, but I love interacting with you guys on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I, um, I've done a 180. I want to start getting more calls in here at 405-329-9000. I'd become a 
for the longest time in my career, I was like, gosh, callers suck to radio shows. You guys don't provide anything. Every time we go to the phones, it's, hey, do you guys think the Oklahoma's in the the Midwest or the Southwest? Uh, I'm pretty passionate about it being – I'm like, listen, we, if you guys are this good on the Air Comfort Solutions tax line, bring it to the, bring it to the phone line. So I will say I understand that it's a little bit harder now because – even if you're working from home, it's not like you can turn your camera off. Oh, look, Doug Glanville took enough time uh, from going on every single debate show to tell you how awful of a person Josh Donaldson is to uh, call a baseball game today. Final score, four zip, Texas beats Oklahoma State. So Texas advances in the winner's bracket. The Horns will square off against the winner of Baylor and TCU. Meanwhile, tomorrow morning, Oklahoma State We'll take on the loser of Baylor, TCU. And oh, I want to get these final numbers. That was a great performance by Pete Hansen this morning. Seven and two-thirds, scattered four hits, 14 strikeouts, two walks, through 122 pitches. It was awesome. Y'all have a great rest of your day. Any final thoughts, Connor? I'm sorry. I cut you off before you went. I think we nailed it. What a show. Okay. I mean, a little bit tough off the takeoff. I kind of screwed things up in hour one. Uh, but we came back in a, in a good way, as the great Bob Stoops would say. We adjusted to the mistakes, baby. That's right. That's what, D, that's what GAT Gas always teaches me, adjusting your mistakes. All right, Steely and Thune at noon or next. Everyone have a great Wednesday. We'll see you live from Cavens tomorrow on the Home of Sooner Fans.